Hi everybody and welcome back to another episode of Chronic But Iconic. Thank you so much for coming back and joining us again for another episode. Today I've got the wonderful Christina who runs her own Spoonie Box subscription box for chronic illness warriors filled with amazing things for good old Spoonies. So it's going to be great to have her chatting to us today and I hope you enjoy. Hello, hiya. Hi, hi, hi Sophie. Christina. How are you? So nice to speak to you finally. I know, yeah. Awesome. I'm, I'm so, so pleased to have you on today. It means the world to me because I know how busy you are. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. No, yeah. But before we start anything, I kind of just want everybody to have like a brief sort of backstory into your own Lyme journey because obviously that sort of is the kickstart of you know your business now and where it all began yeah sure um I guess as with many people with chronic illnesses it's a very long complicated story so yeah of course as brief and painless as possible but um yeah I guess I've been sick for over five years now yeah for very long time I did not know what was going on for a couple years there I was um just trying to figure out what the diagnosis was and getting dismissed by so many doctors which was probably one of the hardest parts of all of this was before I had any kind of community or support or before my family or friends even understood what was going on because I couldn't explain it um so there was a couple years of that it yeah. I guess the symptoms started very abruptly but I never had a tick bite that I can remember right or like like for so many people yeah you know, so of course I remember a rash or getting bitten or anything like that um and it happened during a time when I was working a lot and I was very stressed and I was going through a breakup um and all of these weird things started happening yeah like I I was generally I thought of myself as a very healthy person a very healthy eater I exercised all these things yes um, but I I started um, developing really strange rashes like urticaria all over my arms um, then I began to have these debilitating migraines where I had to be in complete darkness and would be vomiting. Oh, um, wow. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Then I, I suddenly had all this horrible back pain, which um, they thought was sciatica. So I had an epidural for that. Yeah. I, um, God, so many things. It's hard to remember at this I point. I know. It's but... like a shopping list, isn't it? It goes on <laughs> yeah. and on and on. <laughs> Yeah, and, and people find it hard to believe that, that yeah, of course. it's even possible for so many things to happen at the same time. But um, I had acid reflux and horrible digestion, oh, which I'd never had before as well. Yeah. Um, so all of, these, all of these things seemingly out of the blue, and I kept just seeking treatment for each separate symptom and getting, you know, prescribed things. that Different bear- things, yeah. <laughs> Um, and progressively feeling worse. And then I, um, I went on a yoga retreat, or it was actually a, a yoga teacher's training course. Right. In um, 
And I had horrible back pain at this point. Everyone was worried that I wouldn't be able to make it through the retreat. Amazing that oh. the, the back pain did improve because of my slow um, reintroduction to yoga. But halfway through the retreat, I started experiencing what I now know is my first bouts of fatigue. And it was it was just horrible. I thought I had anemia because I'd had anemia before. Um, but I just, I didn't feel like myself. I felt so dizzy and out of sorts and oh, wow. had no energy at all. And I was in a foreign country and I had planned to do a great more traveling. Yes. So the rest of the trip was a little weird. <laughs> safe to oh say. no. Um, it was, it was still good because my fatigue wasn't that bad at that point, but that's when it all sort of started. Yeah. And a couple years later, I got diagnosed with post-viral fatigue because the doctor didn't believe in the term ME, which so infuriates me. Ugh. Essentially, it was the same thing. When I went to see an immunologist, he called it ME. It was just, um, <laughs> it was just a, a terminology thing. Yeah. Third. But um, yeah, this this doctor, he was an endocrinologist. He said that all I had to do would be to rest for a year and things would get better. And that right. if I wasn't getting better, I was just not resting enough. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. I felt immensely guilty because all this time I was trying to push past my illness. I was a musician. And I went back to university and it was incredibly yeah. difficult to, um, you know, to do my studies and my music and everything. Yeah, balance and everything. Being so sick. Yeah. And I was in a relationship and yeah. um, it was just a lot. And I, I felt proud of myself for pushing through it, but it was also like a Herculean task. It was so hard. And that's what I said that I wasn't resting enough and that was to blame then I was like oh my god I caused this <laughs> um which oh. is and I I deferred from my studies to literally rest for a year during which year I felt like I was losing my mind and I only got much sicker <laughs> oh no so this I mean it absolutely did not help and it just goes to show that I mean rest is obviously helpful and so important but rest alone is not a cure for no, no of course and um after this period i sort of started looking for answers again and for um treatments and for yeah. doctors and all that because i i'd go through phases i guess when i just thought what's the point i'm never going to figure this out this is just yeah. too hard to try to figure out on my own and i just have to deal um and that's but, soul destroying that really is soul destroying but it happens to yeah. so many of us because we sort of question our own mind don't we thinking well everybody's telling me it's you know I'm just depressed or I'm tired I'm not really just depressed and tired am I thinking up these symptoms exactly and, yeah I I had so many to I guess I think all of my worst crashes have been from pushing myself to really see how bad it was or if I was still just imagining it you know yeah like, you're like oh well I know that last time I tried to walk it was really painful but maybe that was just last time let me see if I can walk now and then yeah <laughs> you know you're in horrible pain for weeks afterwards and you're like oh so this is why I don't do it yes. <laughs> but for ages um you know so many people were telling me to just oh just exercise or try yeah. this. 
whatever and of course after you've been chronically ill for a while you know better than to yeah. listen to those comments but at the start of it you're just you know you're grasping at anything that will help of course uh, you are but yeah thankfully um my my mom had been asking I guess like all of my um all my family were like trying to to help me by this point because they realized how serious it had gotten and my mom was talking to a friend of hers and she had a friend who had had a similar um a similar illness and had gotten better with this doctor in Brussels so she recommended this clinic and I I I looked it up and I, you know, I didn't want to, I'd already gone on so many trips to so many doctors that people promised me would help everything. And they hadn't, one of them was a total fraud. It was awful. Oh my God. So yeah. So I was very, (sighs) yeah, I, I don't know how much you want to hear about this even, but yeah, there was this, this man in Germany who insisted that he did like um, a bioresonance scan, which is like, has actually been accurate for me in the past but right i think he was he was senile by this point um <sighs> maybe he'd been a very good doctor before but he kept telling me that i had things that i know i didn't have he kept telling me i had all sorts of stds essentially <laughs> oh my gosh impossible and he freaked me out so much i had yeah. all the tests done at the nhs when i got back home and they were all of course negative and they were super reliable tests and right. he still wanted me to get treatment for all these things i didn't have and wanted oh to give me hormones for no reason and it was <gasps> super strange so after some bad experiences understandably i was hesitant to of try course people. and but... it doesn't just affect you like physically it affects you mentally as well when you have these kind of blips and pushbacks oh yeah, and I think just daring to hope is one of those such difficult things of, of all of this. Like, yes, because when your hopes get dashed, it's one of the most painful. Oh, definitely. And so I I decided to give this a go just because I read really positive things in the ME community about his clinic. And I went because he is known for treating ME, but when I got there, um, they just did a huge panel of tests and said, you know, we'll talk to you once we have the test done. And then it turned out that I didn't have any. I had Lyme. That's crazy. And yeah, and that was, that was what, just over a year ago now that I've been in treatment with him. So yeah, it's, that's how I discovered that it was Lyme and why I now understand that the symptoms have been getting worse and worse and worse. And why my pain has gotten worse because the the disease progresses and also it does different areas of your body and for me it's my muscles and it's really painful and you know um I thought if it was me that that would only happen as a way of post-exertional malaise and yes. that's why I couldn't understand why even if I do nothing but rest I'd wake up in extreme pain like I'd been you know running a marathon um so yeah, it's it's the symptoms are so similar. It's really hard to confuse, and I know yeah. people get misdiagnosed. So I actually wasn't too caught up in being angry about that. I was just excited that I could get some form of treatment. At this and point. yeah, and an answer as well. Yeah, exactly. yeah, definitely. So obviously, you've you're a very busy woman as well as managing your health. But sort of what sparked your inspiration for your business venture with the subscription boxes? Oh, um, 
Well, I guess it was that year of rest, probably. I, I'd been thinking yeah. the idea of a spoonie box for a couple of years before I ever started um, actually moving on it. Um, just because I guess like one of the hardest things about being chronically ill for me is how hard it is for people to understand and relate to yes. disconnected you feel from people that you love. Definitely. Uh, and so I I kept thinking of um of creating something that people could, you know, people who aren't sick and don't necessarily maybe even have the ability of researching what could help you or what, you know, people with chronic illnesses um, go through or benefit from or like. Um, But to have something that would do that for them if they wanted to show someone with a chronic illness support. So even if you don't have the right words or you don't know how to to express yourself in that way, you can send someone something that is for someone in their circumstances which I hadn't found anything that did exactly that um and so yeah I I started making lists of all the things that had helped me while I was sick and all the things that cheered me up and all the things that I felt seen by um when I received them and and I realized that I wanted to share those with other people because I thought they could do for them a similar thing to what they did for me. Definitely. And I think it's inspirational in itself, the fact that you could use that time, that downtime where you didn't really know what was going on. You were feeling a lot of pain. And a lot of people at that point would have just been like, I want to throw the towel in. I don't want to fight this anymore. But you spent that time wisely and productively by like creating a focus and creating a purpose so it meant that every day you were fighting you were fighting for a reason and I think that's really great and you should be very proud of yourself thank you so much that's really lovely of you to say I honestly I don't know how much of that time I actually spent you know about um way to to improve my circumstances or to do something with it I I think a lot of the time I was just in a hopeless depression (laughs) and I think we all are but you know like we can allow it to beat us or we can allow our creativity and our personality to override all of the sort of symptoms and you're doing that because you're proof of it you know it's it's been a massive success and it must be so rewarding to you to see everybody receive their boxes and the impact it has yeah I think I mean that's absolutely the loveliest part of the job is just uh, yeah is getting you know seeing the messages that people send to each other with these boxes and seeing precisely you know people who aren't sick sending their sick loved ones a box with a note to tell them how much they love them and how brave they are and that just warms my heart that's I mean Definitely. Yeah, it makes it completely worth it and would you say that you've got quite a good support system behind you when it comes to your personal life and your family and your friends or have you had friends that you've lost maybe in the past because of your health 
Oh, yeah. I mean, who has gone through something like this and hasn't lost friends? Yeah, I know. Very true. I mean, I think we can all relate to that. Um, I've definitely lost a lot of people in the process and, you know, friends and relationships and all sorts. But um, but right now I do have a a wonderful support system. I I have my family is 100 percent behind me and um you know and and every in every aspect and um i have a lovely group of friends who will always come and visit me at home because i have which a is lot of amazing difficulty leaving the yeah. house yeah and who understand when i can't make it to their gigs and yeah. their birthdays and all that stuff which is no less heartbreaking for me after all these years and I still really want to show up and do my best to show up but most of the time it's just not realistic and people who just understand that no questions asked and still are so excited to come and see you are just you know amazing yeah definitely and like you said you know it's it's very difficult when we lose friends but sometimes we just we have to let them go because it, it ties the negative negativity and the negative vibes to us. And that just pulls us down when we're trying to, like, cling on to them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I've, I, I've, had, that... I've had friends that just kind of drifted away and friends yeah. that just felt awkward and didn't know what to say or didn't understand why. I was constantly talking about this. Like, you know, it's like, I, hey. I don't know. It's like, I always imagine it like if, like, you're head was on fire and someone wanted to like change the subject and talk about the weather and like yeah of course it's not the only thing you want to talk about ever but you're gonna have to talk about it because it's a constant in your life and pain never gets old to the person who's suffering it unfortunately um so a lot of a lot of situations where people just felt really awkward and didn't know what to say and didn't figure out how to ask me about that or how to get over that hurdle and sort of just drifted away a couple of people who unfortunately said really regrettable things and you know accused me of not trying hard enough um that's happened as well I think that's the worst because I don't think people understand that you know words could be said and it takes seconds to say them but for us you know they leave wounds that never fully heal yeah and they eat away at us and they live with us. And, you know, that's one of the things that I always try and inspire people to do, just to think before they speak and don't be judgmental. Yeah, and sure. I know, and you're probably the same, when we go through a chronic illness and we feel like we're losing control of everything, our bodies, you know, no longer controlled whether we're losing weight, gaining weight, you know, not feeling ourselves, mm. we feel like personality wise we're not as bubbly and and all that that when someone sort of makes a comment about what we look like or if we're boring and not as fun as we used to be it really really hits home so I always try when I'm out and about to try and lift people up in any way I can so whether I you know compliment the hair or what they're wearing because I think it's really important because with anything you can always find a positive and I, I, these people that just seem to play on the negative, I just don't understand it because there's so much negativity in the world that we should be, you know, giving more positives and helping lift people up. And I think that's really, really important. 
But yeah, when you're going sure. through a chronic illness, you're holding on to every like you know every little bit you can, and sometimes that means you're even holding on to the negative people, yeah. and to have to really like sort of come to terms with letting them go is is very difficult. So, have you managed to do that and sort of not feel too guilty, or have you had times where you felt really guilty and you found it difficult to let go? Um. I mean, that's a really good question. Yeah, for sure. And I guess, first of all, I want to say I so admire you because you do exactly that. You lift other people up. And I don't know how you can have so much positivity and support for others because it's it's incredible um, and it must be exhausting as well. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this this podcast is is such a beautiful thing you you do. Oh, no, thank you. That means a lot. <laughs> and I guess with letting people go, I've always found that really hard. I um, actually also have BPD, which is borderline personality disorder, right. which was just diagnosed this last year as well and explained a lot. Um, yeah. But yeah, I actually it's it's funny because you know I always thought mental illness would be harder to treat, but I've successfully gotten treated for that and overcome most of that but the physical illness lingers um but yeah when it when it comes to letting people go um I think that's been a big theme for me this last year because I ended a a romantic relationship a year ago um yeah and I when that came to an end and over the course of the next few months I I think I've I've realized how much I thought that anyone who wanted to spend time with me or wanted to be in my life while I was sick was doing me a favor. That's, that's what I thought at that point. You know, I was ever so grateful to, for anyone to, to, to want to be with me that I forgave and let go of way too much. And I'm very glad to have learned that lesson because yeah. I, it's taken me a really, really long time to not feel like I'm just a burden and I'm pointless. Um, where now I'm at the point where I, I see that every life is valuable. Even, yes, you know, I, there are people who are in way worse circumstances physically than me. There are people who are completely bedridden, which... Yeah. I've experienced for weeks at a time and would never wish that yeah, on anybody. Of course. Um, and, you know, and their lives are just as worthwhile and valuable and they're they worthwhile are. and beautiful human beings. And so if I can say that about other people, I can turn that back on myself and realize that, you know, yes, my life may be more complicated it may have, you know, adjustments that people need to make, but it's worthwhile for them to make those adjustments, you know, and definitely they're not doing me a favor. Um, and yeah, and I, yeah. I hope I, I still give something back to them, even if it's not in the ways that I used to, you know. No, of course. And like I said, you know, the, the people that matter will be there for you through everything every storm like nothing will bother them and that's really important and sometimes it's difficult to see on the surface 
who is going to stand the test of time and you've probably been in the same position as me where we give so much energy to like one person and we think yes you know they're they're in for the long haul they're supportive they're there for me and then it lasts for like two weeks and then they've gone and you never see them again or never hear from them again and your mood just drops so oh god yeah so I think you have we have to be a bit more cautious now yeah for sure I guess I think I've I mean I guess a a not so positive side of this is that I have major trust issues I think I mean I had them anyways I feel you there (laughs) yeah I'm sure you've experienced a lot of similar things right and like what you just said like I I started dating a little bit after my breakup and I I was in exactly the situation that you just described where yeah. someone was like, you know, whatever happens, like, I want to yes. be in your life. And like, you oh. know, I'm so happy to be able to like, help you leave the house and like all these things. And I was like, okay, well, maybe the relationship won't work out, but we can stay friends. And then literally ghosted me and like never replied to oh. a single message after I broke up with him. So. yeah don't worry I've been in that position so much actually this year so there you go yeah it's so it's so soul destroying because then you get to the point where you're like who is here for me who is on my team yeah um and I always used to worry because I didn't have I wasn't like popular at school or anything like that oh, I had God, a close me neither. Circle. <laughs> yeah we have a close circle don't we but we weren't like you know really really popular with loads and loads of friends yeah and I always thought that that was important that we needed lots and lots of friends here there and everywhere but actually it's so so much more valuable to have a closed circle who you know are going to be there for you through anything and nothing will ever phase them oh of course and also I mean I guess I'm I'm a little suspect of people who you know say they have hundreds of friends because as humans I mean studies have shown we only have the capacity for a handful of intimate relationships at any given time so you know yeah you could have a million acquaintances but do you have people who you can call yeah like souls everything goes to shit you know yeah Um, and having just one person like that or even two people like that I think you're already so lucky yeah yeah definitely definitely but obviously we've just spoken a bit about your symptoms what would be your main advice for sort of fellow sufferers when it comes to dealing with symptoms you know on a day-to-day basis or if they're thinking you know, I need an outlet on how to help my symptoms when it comes to maybe doing mindful activities or getting out the house. Is there any advice that you could offer? Oh, um, I guess, I mean, on the one hand, I can think of so many things. And on the other hand, <laughs> I, I worry because everyone's situation is different. Even people with of the same course, diagnoses, yeah. you know, you and I will have completely different symptoms and experiences. Of course, sometimes. yeah. But I guess, I mean, more on like an emotional level, yes. I think the thing that's helped me most has been sort of a level of acceptance of of my situation instead of understanding that acceptance isn't hopelessness, that accepting where I am now doesn't right. mean that I don't want to get better. 
doesn't yeah. mean that I don't think I will get better, but that I'm trying to make my life the best it can be right now and still make it a beautiful life, even if it's a limited one. You know, yes. and you can't get there overnight. And God, it's taken me years. Um, but I, I guess what has helped me get there more than anything has been, it's this practice called RAIN. It's a, an, an acronym um, right. by, by this um, psychologist and spiritual teacher. Her name is Tara Bach. And she, um, she's also got a chronic illness. She's got Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. And right. she, she's written a book about her experiences with it, which I love. And she, um, so she developed this meditation um, called RAIN. And it stands for, um, let me see if I remember this. So <laughs> recognize, allow, investigate, and nurture. And so it's sort of a way to guide yourself through difficult emotions in the moment, which I've always struggled with. So instead of what I do at the beginning of this, which is just try to distract myself from my symptoms with a ridiculous amount of TV, probably, um, I would allow, even if it's five minutes at a time, of actually feeling my feelings and crying my tears. Yeah, and that's important. It's not a weakness either. I think, well, being an ex-athlete, I was so used to sort of, dismissing I'd say when it like whenever you felt symptoms because you just think no it's weakness like and push it to the back of your mind and you would like plow on and push through and it's really really important to listen to your body and listen to your emotions and actually engage in them yeah sorry that's my son by the way (laughs) (laughs) that's that's Tabasco he heard something and he decided he has to defend the house now so don't worry my dog is exactly the same I'm so sorry but but yeah um it's it's very difficult because you do want to push them away and you want to not have to engage in in the symptoms but you really do to have to understand them so that you can move forward absolutely and I think I guess like the, the last frontier of that for me was pain I also developed pain later in my illness and um yeah just you know I mean sitting with this horrible thing was the last thing I wanted to do I mean a body scan during a meditation would drive me crazy in fact I stopped meditating altogether because I couldn't handle the idea of focusing on something that was already so hard Um, and it felt like focusing on it made it louder and made it worse almost and it turned out that focusing on it and sitting with it with compassion and observing it and detaching myself from it emotionally a little bit to just see exactly where is it and what color would it be and you know and doing some visualization and that kind of thing I I realized that the pain was not me per se and that was really really helpful so I that's really really good advice yeah yeah I generally recommend um, there's there's quite a few people who have recorded um, guided pain meditations, but yeah, my favorite is Tara Brock. I definitely recommend her. And right. even you know, meditation can be so daunting and challenging for so many people. Yeah. I definitely was one of them. But I I guess to just say to people that 
even if it's, you know, I thought that to meditate, I had to have a meditation cushion and my incense had to be lit and I had to ring my little bell and I had to, you know, be sitting in a certain posture. I will meditate in the bath. I will meditate lying (laughs) down. I'll meditate before bed. I'll do it in any position that allows my mind to, to do it. And I'll do it for five minutes and I won't judge myself for doing it for five minutes if that's all I can accomplish that day. And just yeah. being able to be that kind to myself and that accepting that's of important. myself, yeah. that's been the most helpful thing. Definitely. And obviously, we've just obviously spoken about the meditation side of things and, and your own symptoms. Has that sort of reflected on what you kind of wanted within the Spoonie box itself? Um, yes. Yeah, of course it did. Um, I guess, I guess my, my goal with the objects that I, I select is sort of a combination of things that will both make people feel like, um, like they're connected to other people and like they're experiencing something that other people are as well. Um, so for instance, the pill box, you know, you wouldn't get in a typical health and wellness box because most people don't need that amount of pills to carry with them all the time yeah um or you know there's there's things that um upon first glance would be you know um traditional health and wellness products like bath salts but you know if they're detox bath salts then spoonies will understand how you know how that can be such an advantage for their symptoms or something targeted specifically for them so it's sort of both um, and a way to um, hopefully get people to establish sort of rituals of self-care that yes. them, as yeah. well as a way to say you're not alone in this and there's a whole community of people that yeah. you know can relate to this and that's why it's one box for everyone because we're not talking about you know, healing your symptoms, your doctors will be working on that. And we're definitely not, you know, advertising any medical yeah, of properties. Course, of course. But, um, but yeah, just something that feels personal and, yeah, and targeted nice specifically to you. Yeah, definitely. But have you got lots of goals in the future for your Spoonie Box? Because I know, obviously, it's fresh, it's new, and everyone is enjoying it. And your feedback's amazing. So I really, really hope you're going to say, yes, I've got loads of goals. (laughs) Um, I have so many goals. I don't know how many of them (laughs) are realistic. (laughs) No, goals are good. I've loved people's response to it and it's been overwhelmingly positive and I'm I'm so happy that people are enjoying them for sure um I I think you know we're just starting out we're a tiny business and um and it will take time to sort of grow in any new direction but yeah I have lots of ideas of where I'd like it to go for sure and I guess for some of them my health would need to significantly improve to yes, be able to accomplish them, which is a frustrating thing because, you know, I want to do this now. I'm not a patient yeah. person. I just, I have an idea oh, and I want to yeah. <laughs> execute it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, health permitting, there's there's a lot of things that I'd, I'd like to do with it. And I guess in the immediate future, um, 
the November boxes are currently on sale. And then the next month, we're going to have, for the first time ever, two boxes uh, for Christmas. So there's going to be the standard Christmas box and then a luxury Christmas box, uh, which has a few more surprises in it. So I'll be reviewing all of that in the next month. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be so exciting. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, and how how's social media helped you sort of, you know, build your branding and your business, but also helping you connect with like-minded people and make friends? I mean, I've met you, which is already amazing. <laughs> oh, <thank laughs> and I hope we get to meet in real life. Oh my gosh, that would be so, <laughs> As well. so great. Which is, is so funny, by the way. I have, I have already um, connected with a few people because of this, which has been lovely. But yes. um, two Spoonies trying to meet up in real life is oh, it's just hard. it's never endingly hilarious for me yeah. because like we like both sides will have to cancel and reschedule like yes. you know an average of five times before it materializes so it could yeah. be like half a year before you actually meet the person yeah but um no I I love um I love the chronic illness community on, on yes. social media I think it's one of the most positive ones I've seen on social media and it's so honest and yes people are so caring with each other and you know build each other up which is amazing um so I found it so incredibly helpful to to spread the message for Spoonie Box for sure I think the majority of my customers come from Instagram which in itself is incredible of course Um, and I don't think I would be able to to do this without social media because it's just such a great gathering place for so many people who like me are mostly homebound yeah Um, and how else do you access those people you know we're not out in the world yeah um so so yeah it's amazing I I definitely have to be a bit disciplined with how I engage and not just do it all day every day because it is also draining yeah it is yeah and and as you know like talking about your illness publicly you know you get a lot of questions and you suddenly feel like you are responsible for people and and you're not though you know so having good boundaries is important as well that Um, yeah but within, you know, the measure of the possible, I, I always want to reply to people and I, I always want to engage with people and help them out. Definitely. And I think it's very difficult when it comes to social media because it often gets a bad rep. And in some ways I, I can see why. But for us, I think, you know, it does connect people. It does help us feel less alone. But we do have to be quite, like you said, strict on how long we're on there for because we can get so consumed by it as well as exhausted because you know putting a post out or doing the stories or anything like that it's not just physically draining it's emotionally draining as well and mentally draining and yeah and you know there is such a thing as empathy fatigue like you know because our feeds are full of people suffering yeah you know it's it's on the one hand it's it's beautiful because you're suffering too and you can relate and you can connect but there comes a a point on any given day perhaps where you can sort of see too much suffering and, and you need to disconnect from it a little bit and just go inwards again yeah yeah definitely so 
I think it would be very, very important for us to just say now, where can people order the box? How can people sort of get an insight into what's in the next box so they know if they want to order or not? Who can they order for? Um, can they give it as a gift? I know you can. But yeah. people will be thinking about Christmas now as well. So I think it's very, very important. Oh, sure. And thank you so much for letting me plug the box. It's really oh, lovely of you. No, this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, November boxes are on sale for a couple more days. So I'm not sure when this will be airing. It might be too late for those. But yeah. December boxes are going on sale on November 1st. And as I've already mentioned, there's going to be, you know, the standard 30 pound Christmas box. And then there's going to be an extra um, uh, 40 pounds, so 10 pounds extra luxury Christmas box. Um, And so what we decided to do after sort of taking a poll on Instagram stories and seeing (laughs) where people were at, uh, we're going to reveal two items from the standard box, as we usually do reveal one to two every month, which is going to be on Instagram and Facebook right and then for the luxury box we're actually going to reveal all the contents because we understand of course it's a lot of money for a lot of students and um, they want to know that especially if they're getting it as a gift that it's something that's that people are going to enjoy so I'm really really proud of these boxes I think people will love them and it's a really limited edition um, box. So we'll be posting about those as soon as November starts and revealing all the contents of the luxury boxes there. Amazing. And people can follow you at Spoonie Box as well on Instagram because I think people need to follow you because you do post a lot of feedback and a lot of people like evidence before they commit. So I think that's yeah. really, really important to keep posting those good, positive vibes. Yeah, for sure. I completely understand. I mean, we're we're a new business and it takes yes. time to generate trust, you know, and um, especially in a community where people have so many medical expenses. It's uh, yes. a lot to ask for people to, you know, invest their money in something blindly. I completely yeah. get that. That's why we, you know, that's why we always tease the products and that's why we yeah. are so concerned about our products being high quality and Definitely. not just being filler. You know, every single yeah. product has a lot of thought behind it. Um, and, you know, the boxes are as cheap as they can be with um, the kind of products we include. So, yeah. yeah, so we hope that people will will trust us and we'll see other people's reactions. Definitely. We'll want to and, be a part of our community. And obviously, you're a you know chronic illness warrior yourself. You're fighting a battle. So they'll yeah. relate to you. And I think that's a big thing as well. Because obviously, a lot of the time, we see big businesses and companies and whatever. But they're shadow managing it. And they're not actually putting their personality, their love, their own struggles and pain into yeah. it. And that's what makes you know a business so successful and so personal and people look to that personal uh, touch now yeah yeah so I think I, that's really important it, yeah it's definitely really personal for me um, yeah and so yeah it, it means that much more to me when people love it as well as you know if, if it didn't go well it would be so much more awful yeah 
but luckily it's it's going pretty well for now so um Definitely. yeah hopefully people people can relate and they want to support a spoonie business as spoonies as well Definitely. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on today. I hope I've not tied you out too much. <laughs> right back uh, at you. This yeah. is a concerning activity for both of us. Yeah, well, yeah, true. <laughs> but no, it, it's been an absolute joy and you've been a delight. And thank you so much for being such an open book about some really sort of hard pressing questions. I really, really appreciate that. Oh, thank you, Sophie. I hope we can do this off the air sometime as well, if you want. Definitely. We're going to have to arrange a meet-up. I'm going to hold you to that one. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And we can both be lying down for it, which is the beauty of WhatsApp and FaceTime and whatnot. I I really, really appreciate it. And I think it's it's so inspiring what you're doing and creating a business. And people will be empowered by this podcast interview. So thank you so, so much. And we'll talk very, very soon. Thank you. Speak soon. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.